Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one spirited page of Talmud a day. Did I say spirited? Make that rebellious. Have a listen to this gem from today's page, Nazir 23. With regard to a woman who vowed to be a Nazarite, and she transgressed her vow since she was drinking wine and rendering herself ritually impure by contact with the dead. She incurs the 40 lashes for each of the Torah prohibitions she transgressed. If her husband nullified her vow and she did not know that her husband had nullified her vow and she was drinking wine and rendering herself impure by contact with the dead, she does not incur the 40 lashes as she is no longer a Nazarite. Rabbi Huda says even if she does not incur the 40 lashes by Torah law, she should incur lashes for rebelliousness, an extrajudicial punishment imposed by the sages for her intention to commit a transgression since she believed that it was prohibited to her. So here's this woman who'd taken the Nazarite vow. But, unbeknownst to her, her husband went ahead and nullified her vow. And yet, she, feeling rebellious, grabbed that bottle of Merlot and took a few good swigs, even though, as a Nazir, she was allowed no wine. Must she be punished? After all, technically speaking, she was no longer a Nazir at the time of committing her transgression, even though she had no way of knowing it at the time. What do you say? It's a fascinating question and one that shows a deep insight into human psychology. And to be frank, a part of human psychology I myself am all too familiar with. When I was a teenager, rebelliousness was my brand. I went ahead and got a mohawk. I tore every pair of jeans I owned, which in Israel in the early 90s wasn't cool or even really acceptable. I scribbled lewd slogans on my notebooks. I once snuck into my high school's student radio studio, turned it on mid-class, played the Sex Pistols, and encouraged all my fellow students to free themselves and run out of school. Surprise, surprise, surprise. No one did, and my little one-man performance art earned me a healthy and hefty detention. I think about that rebellious teenager I used to be a lot. And I think many of us have some version of that unpleasant, prickly adolescent stored somewhere deep in the recesses of our psyche. What should we do with this hellraiser inside? This is where today's page of Talmud comes in handy. You see, when it comes to rebelliousness, there are two ways you could be really very, very wrong. You can say, as so many of our sweet and compassionate and well-meaning parents and educators do, that kids will be kids and that it's just a phase and that we should be accommodating and understanding and let time take its course and turn the rebel into a respectable and respectful adult. Or you could say that the very act of education demands swift and merciless justice, a punishment to course correct and make sure that the rebel learns her or his lesson and ceases from his or her rebellious ways. Both of these options, the Talmud tells us today, are 100% wrong. The only cure for rebelliousness is both of the above. First, acknowledge the urge to kick up at the rules and the norms, which the rabbis do today by taking the time to tell us all about the woman who took pleasure in breaking the rules. The rabbis don't criticize her. They don't castigate her. They don't condemn her. She's allowed the dignity of her story. 
And if you're a careful and attuned reader, you can feel her anguish seeping in from between the lines. A reminder that people only rebel when they're in pain, when they're feeling lost or hurt or hopeless. The rabbis passionately and compassionately let her hurt. But then, punishment too must come. For without it, we may be tempted to make rebelliousness a habit, or even worse, a lifestyle, which is disruptive not only to ourselves, but also to our loved ones. A person taking pleasure in breaking rules just to break rules hardly stops to think about the impact his or her transgressions has on others, which is why we find this particular form of behavior primarily among teens, committed as they are to doubling down on the development of their self at the expense of other deeper ties to other people. Having given the woman space to pick up that goblet and swig away, the rabbis prescribe lashes. One arm hugs the other strikes, a complex dynamic that, when executed well, reminds those of us with a rebellious streak what's truly at stake. This, hallelujah, was my path. That detention I got, and the many, many others that followed, worked their charm. The pain healed, and the urge to yell and shout and snip subsided. May we all have the chance to stir up some trouble every now and then. And may we all have people in our lives who love us and care about us, who step in and say, enough is enough. This has been Take One. If you enjoyed the show, and I hope that you do, please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And get your Take One merch, t-shirts, mugs, and other great stuff at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Roske, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Tanya Singer, Courtney Hazlett, Robert Scarmuccia, and Mark Oppenheimer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.